Hello, all you Highlanders, Lowlanders, Flatlanders, Outlanders, and Moonlanders. Welcome to a brand spanking new shiny edition of the only podcast that features Randy Woods on the reg and Kev Brown losing his rag. It's the end of season five. It's episode 50, and whatever else happens, this is Seaside Pod Review, and we are talking Queen. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. Give us a kiss. Seaside Pod Review. Definitely not. So, uh, Kevin. Mm-hmm. How are you? Well, I'm all right. I didn't get nearly the lambasting I was expecting on uh, on Twitter. But uh, like I said, just offline here, I suppose they sort of expect that kind of nonsense from, uh, you know, someone who's not in the club, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're... Your nanigans are expected to be she, right? So I, that's exactly, I think, your exactly. female nanigans. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it was—I forget who it was who pointed out at one point. I said, "I said it's a bit of a shit song." But, <laughs> <laughs> so not exactly a ringing endorsement on no, that. Not a ringing endorsement. You still—it's a bit of a shit song, champion. What? <laughs> it's a bit of what a talking shit about. Song. <laughs> Uh, you're inconsistent Woods you're inconsistent I've always said so no I hear see this is the thing is uh, I just I just lay out the facts and uh, I just let the chips fall (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was looking I I, I realize I realize sometimes uh, maybe uh, maybe you know maybe I shouldn't have I don't know you know it's it's as I recall it had a good guitar riff Mm -hmm. and it was just a nice little bit of fun and, uh, and you know, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's not going to make my, you know, my lifetime playlist. It's not going to, you know, it's not coming after something by the Beatles. It's not going to be there <laughs> on my playlist. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be a change of gears, would it not? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> Party leading into here comes the sun. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you playing tennis there in the background? What's going on, Randy? What, what are you doing? Or badminton? What's? Oh, I got one of these electric bug zappers, Kevin. Oh yeah. And I'm not sure what it's like in the part of the world where everybody else is, except for here. But uh, this time of year, these little black bugs, they're big little flying little black motherfucking bugs. And their complete and 100% mission in life is to get indoors and fly around my beer until I go (laughs) fucking crazy. So I zap those fuckers if I get a chance, Kev. Good for you. Good for you. Um. It's the fruit flies, man. I don't know where they're... They've been so bad this year in Saskatoon. I don't mm. know what's been going on. It's been... And it's been everyone's been complaining about them. Brutal. Yeah. Well, and that's what it is. Yeah. And it's it's the cold, hey? It's the cold coming. So they're trying to... They're yeah. trying to get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> sugar, right? Anything... Yeah. Any amount of sugary sweetness. Hence the beer. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, and also because it's beer and fruit flies have good taste. So, you know, they're, they're coming for our craft beer. They're, you don't see them buzzing around Bud Light, right? So... No, no, but that's not really beer, though, right? It's barely fucking. It's not even more closer to water than it's the fucking beer. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not even good water. <laughs> no, no. All right, well, should we have a look at these social medias that you were talking about then? Well, I really think we should. All right, so yeah, the party, which is the third song in a row that I've dusted, and that's oh, that hasn't happened yet. I've been two in a row. Um, or maybe back to back would be the best choice, but three in a row I've dusted now. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of hoping for a good one tonight. But 
we did put a poll up and you and I did try to guess what the outcome of that poll would be. Now I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the the overall total between Twitter and Facebook before I ask you, you know, what the result was and everything else. But so out of a total between the two platforms out of 116 votes, it was 29 uh, 20 sorry, 25% champion, 75% um bites the dust. But we base our guesses on Twitter. That's what we've sort of typically done is we always go off what we think Twitter might come out now. I said 2080. <laughs> you, I, I thought I told you you were insane. You said 50 yeah, 50. I know. I know. So, what was the result of the Twitter poll, Mr. Woods? I'm not going to, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying because, listen, Kev does not need to be right any more often. He'll be absolutely fucking insufferable. <laughs> so, uh, so the results were 50 50 on, uh, <laughs> on, the, on the Twitter. So, yeah, harsh, harsh, Kev, for you, but uh, sorry. Anyhow, moving on. Moving, moving on. <laughs> 21.5 champion, 78.5 bites the dust. So once again, close. Kevin was right and Randy was wrong. <laughs> and I think, I think next time, next time I do this, this guessing here, I'm just going to, I'm going to just going to fly. I'm going to fly off one fucking way or the other, like just so unreasonably that you won't even fucking believe it. And then I'll probably be fucking right. So, uh, <laughs> clean geeks, help me out. Leighton Brown. The most baffling thing about the miracle is that they ended up with the sonic mess they did. When you hear the original organic sessions with real instruments, they are fun, joyous, and exciting. All the spontaneity, vibrancy, and personality has been eradicated. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, and I'm not familiar, familiar with the, uh, the, whatever sessions he's referring to so well we did listen i don't know you but then you yeah. wasn't remember that we did listen to a little yeah. bit of it um yes yes we talking about. with the real just, drums and that that's a whole that was a whole pre-production thing they did or what pre-production oh, again with the fucking fancy words again oh, nice, nice yeah, you know. i'm full of them yeah yeah you know what you know what that means kev hey that's the production right for the the real yeah. Oh, so pre, pre as in yeah. oh yeah, clever not, uh, not post and that's that stands for Post stands for uh, like that. You got to stand on a post while you're doing. Well, you you you, you, you start you're starting to bore yourself now. I think you should stop. <laughs> well, yeah. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, go fuck yourself and read the next fucking tweet. Um, Paul Bradbury says, "I've voted, I've voted champion. It's fun despite the odd ropey lyric and some dodgy production. I often sing the line in the cold light of day next morning. Everybody was hungover to myself." After a heavy night. <laughs> uh, and then I said it was very unfair posting a, a gif of um, Belushi, John Belushi, because, you know, that tends to sway people anytime you post a bit of uh, that guy's face. So, yeah. You miserable it's... slug. You think you can talk your way out of this? You betrayed me. No, I didn't. Honest. I ran out of gas. I had a flat tire. I, I didn't have enough money for cab fare. My tux didn't come back from the cleaners. An old friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Locust. It wasn't my fault. I swear to God. Uh, Fit Light Photography, which is our pal Ruddy Rutherford, says, misses the mark for me. A dust nado, if ever there was one. And he's got a nice, a nice little dusty tornado just rolling across. Uh, looks like a deserty plain. Uh, Black Pie says, after, in brackets, I think, the longest hiatus between albums, much was expected of the miracle. 
and they open the album with this. Much of the album fails to represent the Queen we'd all come to love. Party typifies the unfathomable decisions they made across the whole album. Dust. And so, because, yeah, because we, we talked a little bit about that, because, you know, the two songs from The Miracle that we'd done uh, before this were I Want It All and Breakthrough, you know, which we championed both, and they're, they're both good songs. I think pretty much they, they came out fairly heavily um, championed on, on the poll. So to get part, you know, you, so your, your, your first impressions of The Miracle are probably like, oh, pretty fucking good album. I don't know why people are complaining about this, right? So. <laughs> yeah, it's not that fucking bad, guys. And Samphony Sam says, brilliant, love it. Dripping with Miami Vice 80s filth. I get the hate, though. Funny, I watched The Invisible Man on top of the pops in August 89, and it sounded amazing against all the other music of the time. The problem is, it's just not timeless. Yeah, that's, it is dated. It just kind of uh, it does live in its, own, uh, in its own decade. Of course, of course, yeah. Stephen Ursel says, Dust, it's okay, but it's a bit too lightweight for me. They're aiming for fun, but missed the mark. Despite that, I was pleased to hear Randy champion it for a degree of balance. Although his comment stating it's a bit of a shit song, but didn't fully convince, which that's what I was referring to, <laughs> yeah. which really made me quite chuckle. And I, I, I only kind of just kind of barely remember saying that. It's uh, it's 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 a it's a it's a bit of a shit song, but uh, but I <laughs> really like the guitar, and I think uh, I think the harmonies are really cool, and I like that it's nice and short and sweet, and uh, you know I, I really. Ian Winnick um, says I have a soft spot for the miracle, but this is probably the weakest moment on it. I don't feel the need to kill it with fire, but I wouldn't put it on a playlist either. So while my heart says sweep it under the mat, my brain says dust the fucker. <laughs> Rob Hatton says, I have no fucking words, Mr. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? I forgot his name. Or the fuck Samuel L. Jackson. Sam Jackson saying motherfucking dust. Yeah. Hey, sorry, Rob. Uh, Alice's dad says the miracle album. Uh, takes more flack than it deserves. So party then, not the worst, not the best. I find myself agreeing with the Cardinal on this, strangely. Champion, second week in a row, I've gone against Mr. Kevin. He may take it uh, personally at some point. And you know, he's off off air, he was kind of, you know, lamenting how he was feeling bad that people weren't agreeing with him more. No, he wasn't. He's <laughs> he's t- he, He's impenetrable. Say what you want. And uh, yeah, Barry John Williams. I mean, I we know. Well, I'm not going to take it personally yet. <laughs> but depending on today's though, if, if you go three in a row, I might start getting a bit of a complex about this, thinking you got something against me. So, as if, as if. Um, Steve at Queen Rock says the production is dated, but I do like it paired with Khashoggi's ship, where the juxtaposition of real drums is impactful. The band sounds like they're having fun again, but party definitely belongs inside Freddie's vacuum cleaner. Um, at P underscore 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 seventy. We need, to know, we need to know your name. Tell us your name so I can quit saying that. Um, says, absolute muck of the highest order. Maybe the worst opener ever. Maybe. Uh, to go from keep yourself alive to this, that's a nosebleed descent. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Anderson, oh, Randy, you dissed the prophet song and father to son. Then you pull a reverse 39 on the party. <laughs> <laughs> Which I also fucking chuckled. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. 
Alex Small says, uh, why are you even asking the question? Is this one of the champions? It's God awful. And it's that bad. It's not even the worst song in the miracle. <laughs> it's indefensible trying. Uh, there we go. Okay. Well, hey, I'm looking forward to the rest of them. If, if that's not, if that's not even the worst. Oh, good Lord. No, 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 no. No, it gets lower. Um, Rob Maher says, the nicest thing I can say about it is it's not as offensive as Khashoggi's ship, Dust. And I will just quick, uh, quickly shout out, Rob. Um, he, so me and Rob had been chatting a little bit on Twitter offline. Uh, and Rob's a, a writer an author and so he'd sent me a couple of stories and i've read one of them and so it was a story called left hand right hand and it's the sort of it's the juxtaposition of when you make a decision in your life you know if you make this decision this is how it turns out if you make a different decision this is how it could turn out sort of thing and it's written sort of side by side so you get the same a story about the same person with the same sort of personality but the idea is that he at school you know as probably maybe maybe not your generation or our generation randy you know, they used to beat left hand inner side of kids, but like they didn't let them write with their left hands. The nuns would come around and whack your hands and whatnot. The uh they tried to convert me, yes. Oh, they did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My mother my mother put a stop to that though. Yeah, and so the the story is that basically like one side rebels and says, No, I'm I'm gonna start keep using my left hand and the other one sort of, you know, conforms. So it's really, really cool. So Rob, very good writer. Um people should check out his stuff. I'm a kite, a yid, a hebe, a hook nose, I'm kosher, mum, I'm a red sea pedestrian and Right on. Nice work there, Rob. Uh, Andrew Holloway says, it's so ludicrous. A reluctant champ. Nice. Dieter at My Chameleon Day says, I had a good night dusting this song. There was no full band playing, and it sounded so wrong. In the cold light of day the next morning, the horror was over. Uh-uh. <laughs> it was such nice. It was going so well. Uh but yeah, so I think, I don't think Dieter likes it. I, think no, might, I don't think so. I might fucking hate it. Uh, Darren Halliwell says, Bite the Dust, absolutely awful. One of their worst. <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, last, week's, last week's tweet of the week author, uh, Curtis Sparkles, Jim Condon says, come back and play my ass. Come back and write some proper fucking songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brycey says, Duster, but thank you, Randy, for pointing out the guitar licks. Despite being a Queen fan since the mid-70s, I have rarely listened to this track, dismissing it as the worst Queen album intro ever. But I now hear the guitars. Thank you. But ironically, it ain't no party, Brycey. So I think he's, yeah, he's obviously he's dusting it, but, you know, we're spreading the word that, you know, you yeah. can find little yeah. nuggets of joy in some of these songs, even yeah, though they're clunkers, nuggets, so. nuggets of goodness here and there. Uh, Queen Rocks, uh, Queen Rocks AU. Could have been an absolute banger, and when you listen to what they did on the Miracle box set, it's even more baffling how Party ended up the way it did. Brilliant guitar work from Brian, and Fred's punchy vocals are great. But besides that, it's a bit half-arsed. Dust, and then hashtag play the fucking drums. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't mind a drum machine, but when you're Queen and you have Roger Taylor in there, just... What like just mic them up? You know what? You, yeah. you, you didn't want to hire an engineer. Or you you know I mean you don't want to pay them the two hours to fucking mic up the kid. Come on, <laughs> and it's a rock song too. It's not like it's a, like a little you know. It's not like yeah. this, these are the days of our lives or something where it you know yeah. a, a drum machine works. Yeah. It's a fucking rock song. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm going off for time here. Um, I think it's the first time commenter here, Randy uh, Wes at JWT four six nine one, the uh, four thousand six hundred ninety first of the noble JWT clan. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, it says mm-hmm. no hesitation dusting for this one. So, yeah, welcome yeah. to the podcast, Wes. Yes, Lynn Davidson says 
here's Freddie cleaning up after <laughs> that mess of a song. And it's uh, what's the song again? It's where they're every. It's from I Want to Break Free, where they're all in, in drag. So, yeah, brilliant. And PJ at New Mercury says, nah. <laughs> and uh, it's just got uh, uh, our favorite Wookiee shaking his head, probably going. Or Ooh. That's better than I can do. That's a good Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little bit longer, um, but I'm going to read this one out because, you know, people take time to sort of explain where they're coming from. I think we owe that to our listeners to, to honor that. So, uh, midwife Nikki says, it's May 1989, I, I think, and my first fan club convention. On the Saturday night, we were played the new album, and the first song was Party. I fucking loved it. The guitars, the joy, the excitement of new Queen music, it set the tone for the rest of the album, which I loved for many years. The anthems of my youth in the mid-1980s. Over the years, the fan narrative of the fake drums and bass and the poor songwriting started to replace the joyous memories. It was weak and not up to standard. Except... Those electronic drums and bass and the pop sensibility were Queen putting two fingers up to the establishment that said they were overblown dinosaurs. These songs showed their ability to live with the times. Not their fault that, like shoulder pads and, and rah-rah skirts, the electronic drum and bass was outdated almost as soon as it was fashionable. The collector's edition showed the muscle and might of four or five musicians who adapted their style to match the times. I'd forgotten how good this song was until I heard it anew through Randy's ears. Thank you, a champion. Lovely. Aww. Yeah, was well, that nice? You know, and that, um, that, again, that that comes back to that sentimentality thing, right? We've all got we've all got songs and bands and albums that. Yeah, for no particularly good reason. We love where you know maybe they're not sort of critically acclaimed. So I'm yeah. Actually, I wanted to read that out because I thought that was well well put. Yeah, yeah, very nice, very nice. Uh, Steve May at Steve UK says some people have no taste. <laughs> Champion for me. <laughs> uh, and Pank at Pank P 7 <laughs> has a comic book guy saying worst event ever. So uh, I'm going to say that's uh, not good. Thanks, that is Pank. not good. Um, Paragraph Planet says, I remember before The Miracle came out, the band, well, probably Brian and Rog, saying they were aiming at getting away from verse, chorus, verse, guitar, solo, etc. Not sure it holds up with other tracks, but for me, it was an insight into the jamming nature of party. Anywho, dust. (laughs) Rush Rash. (laughs) Fuck this song. I love it. (laughs) David A. Wilson says, it's shit. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Tom Boje, Dust, even after hearing the much better rough cut with real drums, there's just something missing here. It's been said before that on many 80s songs, they were doing just enough. Big difference between young and hungry versus rich stars. And yeah, that's why the uh, debut and sophomore albums of bands are often often their best because, well, they've got something to prove. And then when you're at that point and you've had these at the success, how do you... How do you, how do you achieve it? You've got yeah. some money. You're, you know, you're using large amounts of cocaine and drinking constantly. <laughs> you lose your drive. You know what I mean? Uh, Joe Marie, Minnesota Joe. I think might've commented once or twice. Uh, it says dust. I do like the alternative version on the miracle box set a lot better. And yeah, we commented on it. It does sound, it does sound better, but I still think it's song um nova jack says so many of the miracle b-sides and demos better than this they chose the wrong songs for that album but it ain't as bad as some people say 
This is weak, though. Um, finish up here on Twitter with Brian Crosby saying, what the feck is Randy thinking? Guitars aside, it is an absolute <laughs> fuck puddle of a song. Does the fucker. <laughs> Brian, think of the tone. Think of the tone of those guitars. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck puddle. I do like fuck puddle. It's a very good word. That's good. That's good. All right, let's move over onto Facebook here, Randy. Uh, Richard starts as champion. There are two definite dusters on the miracle, but this isn't one of them. Full disclosure, I enjoy 80s pop, so many of the so-called shit 80s Queen songs I love, or at least like, even including some hot space tracks. I do think Party gets a raw deal in this situation by being taken on its own and not as a whole piece with the following track, which I won't name as that's a future episode. Kev, I think you were overly harsh, but props to the Cardinal for setting you straight. Also, on the couple of occasions where the live drums kick in, it does kind of rock a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I just... Uh... I just like how he appreciates how I fucking keep you in line. Because uh, let's face it, sometimes you need it. Craig Ganone. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Uh, the collector's edition box set has real drums on this. Sounds a zillion times better. Still poor, but makes it vaguely enjoyable. And Pepin Omen, inclined to make it a champion because of Mr. Randy's arguments. Great guitar. And because this song is such a fucking good start for Kashagi. However, on its own, it's too weak. Not top 50%, so a duster. Yeah, it's nowhere near the top 50%. I mean, that's, you know. Uh, Brian Delaney says, poor party. It's the Nickelback of Queen songs. Everyone hates on it for no good reason. Is it great? No. Is it catchy and you sing along to it? Yes. It's not nearly as bad as people make it out to be. People love to hate it. Personally, I think it's a good opener to the miracle. I can picture Freddie having a food fight in somebody's face. And yes, Randy, Brian's got sex. More than most of us will ever see in our lifetimes, I'm sure, lol. Uh, it's marginal but it's a champion. I uh, I don't ever well, want to think of Brian May having sex. I don't know why. I just, that just upsets me. <laughs> what did I say? Did, what did I say to elicit that, that response? I, I, don't I even... think it was actually me. I think it was me sort of talking about, I, I didn't want to hear Brian May singing. And I, we got sex. It made my, you know, it made everything go back in. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> that's just, the, that's just the thought of, Oh my, yeah, I just can't, you know, <laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's very good at it, but I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Keith Austin. It's a slight duster for me on its own. Paired with Kashagi's ship, they start to sprout championness. When playing this track, I always link it with Kashagi's ship. In my opinion, they are more than the sum of their individual parts. They are Laurel and Hardy. They are Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. They are Fred and Wilma Flintstone. They are, pause for effect, Kevin and Randy. And they should never be separated. Well, Kevin and I are... Uh, thinking about getting legally married so <laughs> so so you know till death do us part i'm not sure what our wives will think about that i think i think the death i think the death thing that death thing will come very very quickly i suspect <laughs> i should have known you'd always keep me waiting for those wedding bells Uh, Lisa Miller-Dorsia says, champion for me, but just barely. Is it one of the worst? No, but by far not one of the best. Maybe Freddie, John, and Brian were trying to outdo Roger for worse lyrics, thinking they were teenagers again, or they had just watched Animal House before writing the lyrics. And James Lawrence says, I don't hate this as much as I suspect others will. It is a duster, though. Serena Shemeka says, I like it when it's followed by Khashoggi's ship. And Patrick McCarthy says, the demo version definitely had more meat on it. Cool how it goes into Khashoggi, though. I don't know, this album has really grown on me since I became an aging fart. 
It's ridiculous fun and short. Champion. Yeah, I mean, you said the same thing about like the, the length of it being. I don't know. That doesn't really. I don't think the, the length factored into it for me. It was just like ah, I still. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, I just, just listen. If it's not going to be a great song, it's better than it's that it's short. <laughs> right. Let's be honest. Oh dear. Well, I mean, if that if that's the bar, if that's the barometer we're going with, them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Nick Croft says, marginal champ for me. It's not a real stinker, but no classic. I try to view the track based on 17-year-old me when the album came out in 89. Good opener to the album, but better tracks like Want It All and Was It All Worth It on that album. Michael J. Smith. I've dusted it because it's not a champion song, but I do quite enjoy when it comes on. Brian's guitar sounds fantastic. Another entertaining episodes, and you guys go from strength to strength. Great listening. Oh, well, hey, thanks, Micah. Well, yeah, thanks a ton, Michael. Yeah. Jeremy Walpole, yeah, it's a dusty fucker, but I love the original take on the Miracle Sessions CD. That would be a champion. All right, well, there you go. There's socials. You've a lot of had your say. Um, but we got some business here, Randy. We uh, we should spin this bloody wheel up to find out what song we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, we've been in a bit of a run of songs that I don't think are, well, they're definitely not sort of top table queen at all. Uh, so I'm really hoping we get something, something fun, something, you know, something big, something very mm -hmm. queeny. So I yeah. want, I want, we're talking about album openers. I want the album opener from uh, Night at the Opera, Death on Two Legs. What about okay. you? Okay. Well, I was just looking at the list there and I saw body language. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of the rut, not back into it. <laughs> I'm hoping for body language, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, well, let's spin the wheel and see what, see what shite it gives us. <laughs> Oh man, if we get body language now, I'm just gonna, I'm oh, not gonna be happy. Be I'll tell you that. Awesome. Not to tip my hand too hard, but. Well, we're getting. I mean, nothing, nothing from either album. Not not even close. Um, and I'm just gonna double check because I think we've only had. Yeah, we've had one song from that album so far. What are we listening to tonight, Randy? Who wants to live forever? A kind of magic. Yeah. And so for anyone who's listening and new, this is the point where I usually ask Randy, what do you know this song, Randy? Because Randy isn't a Catalog Queen fan. He's more of less a Greatest Hits fan. I'm becoming more of a Queen fan, I think, through the podcast. But I mean, I assume that you know this song very well. Oh, is that a fact? I, I that's, what I'm, that's what I'm assuming. I, from the title, I, I don't recognize it. Oh, are you, are you being serious? I'm being serious. Oh, oh, okay. All right, yeah, you took you've took it away so fast. I forget what the title is, Kev. Where is it? What is it? Who wants to live forever? Who wants to live forever? Not ringing bells, eh? Oh, cool. Oh. Okay. Well, it's a track um, from the movie Highlander. Which have you seen oh. Highlander? Well, a million years ago. A yes, million years ago. So you know, obviously, that a kind of magic was, was sort of half. It was a half of a of a soundtrack album, and then half of other stuff right um i'm learning that now i did not know that before okay so yeah so this is one of the songs that was in the movie and it's sort of included at a really a really key event within the movie which we'll talk about once we've sort of got into it and started looking at it well maybe i will recognize it then i i'd be surprised if you haven't heard the song randy i, I really will so what do we do now randy what, what's, what's our uh what's our uh, modus operandi here do your research <laughs> we shall do that and we'll be right back folks how's it going Frank 
I was trying to upgrade my firmware when I saw the flames. Apparently, a Bakewell tart exploded in molten jam spray all over me. Oh. Shit. Are we recording? Well, take this part out. Welcome back to this idiotic show. The boneheads are... Oh, what's the use? You know what they're doing. Yet you persist in listening. Don't blame me if this podcast makes you dumber. So, Mr. Brown, who wants to live forever? I mean, does anybody really want to live forever? Uh, Brian May contemplated it, and it took him five minutes and 15 seconds to get through it. Uh, and we got all our usual suspects without Mr. Deacon on the base. So Freddie mm-hmm. singing, Brian doing a whole bunch of stuff. Rog just back there percussing, uh, and Michael Kamen, uh, arranging the strings and the National Philharmonic Orchestra on the strings, which I had said to Kev, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to be able to afford that? Absolutely fantastic. Recorded Mountain St- Studios in Montreux, uh, the townhouse in London in 85. Uh, the orchestra was recorded uh, November, December in 85 uh, at Abbey Road. So, uh, in, the, in the big room at Abbey Road. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. Just think, because that, that would have been, you know, be the same room where, and you'd get the same acoustics for the orchestral part of Day in the Life. Yeah. Which is kind of neat, I think, you know. I would sure say so. And apparently Brian uh, wrote this on the way home after seeing a rough cut of Highlander. And he wrote the back seat of the car while his manager drove him home or some story to that effect. Yeah. And he says, you know, I think it was an interview from 2003, says, um, it kind of opened up a floodgate to me. I was living with a lot of tragedies in my life, the death of my father, the death of my marriage and so forth. I could immediately hear this who wants to live forever in my head. And it was almost complete in the car going home. I remember singing it to my manager as he drove me home and him saying, where did that come from? So then that's the thing, right? I mean, inspiration just strikes in different ways and different times. It doesn't really matter. And so that technology just being able to, yeah, home into your phone. And, you know, we I use Dropbox or whatever the hell it's called now, where you just sing into your phone and it uploads it to Dropbox. And I've just got a library now of all these shitty ideas that I can go back to to, to not use whenever I, I feel like it, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Circle but- your shitty ideas that you'll never use. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. But yeah, I mean, we again, we were we were talking offline as we were doing the doing our research, and Highlander for me is because you'd ask me, like, is, it, is it a formative movie? And it absolutely is. Yeah, there's just you know back at so one thing was it came out in '86, um, obviously um, just before the album. But weirdly, it was released on the 7th of March 1986 in the US, and the 29th of August '86 in the UK. So you get this. Five month, five and a bit month gap for you know that was that, that used to be the, the thing where you know kids if you if you're of a certain age you won't remember this but there's no obviously there's no streaming um, and movies weren't simultaneously released in you know across the globe they sometimes had these five weird five month dates or they weren't released at all in different markets so I wonder must must have something to do with the touring machine and the the promotion machine right it would have to that or maybe especially for a, especially maybe for a touring band like. Oh, well, this is the movie I was talking about. The... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, So even still, yeah. maybe the promotion. Could be. Or either that or, or sort of certification and sort of licensing or that kind of bullshit that you have to go through could have been. Yeah. Maybe that was different back then. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the the album itself was released on 2nd of June, 86. But yeah, so Highlander, just very rough calls notes because it, it is germane to, you know, to the song and understanding where the song fits in the movie. So Conor McLeod is um, a Highlander. And so he is an immortal, 
and there are several of these immortals across the globe and the only way that they can die is by having their head, head cut off you know so they they fight with swords and they so it, you know it goes on forever and it gets down to there's only two of them left so there's connor and the kurgan but one of the sort of the, the, the movies in two sort of set in two time periods one's um i don't know what it would be sort of 1600s or 1500s or something in scotland in the highlands 16th century um scotland and then in present day new york and so when we hear who wants to live forever it's when connor is um realizing that the love of his life heather she's going to die and he's going to continue he's going to continue on right so that that who wants to live forever is is it's that sentiment that uh, that brian's singing about so deep well, should we? I mean, I've seen that movie. Yeah, like Highlander, Young Guns, and The Lost Boys were three movies that I watched to death from the ages of about 16 to the ages of about 20 when I was in the military because those were three of the VHS tapes that I had and three movies that you could put on that everyone would basically just sort of sit and watch. So I've seen it, I've seen that movie hundreds and hundreds of times. <laughs> well, that's uh, probably 99 times more than me. <laughs> but I have seen, I have seen Highlander, but clearly not to that degree <laughs> well shall we give it a listen randy yes yes please there's no time for us there's no place for us what is this thing A bit of lead from Brian in this delicate oh, ballad. And this is the bit that's changed. I'll play you a little bit later. So in the movie, they have Freddie singing this. So Freddie mm. sings the, the whole thing. There's no co-lead vocal with Brian where this one obviously there is. In so. the movie, right, right. Yeah. Copy that. And this is, again, I mean, we've talked, you know, with Late Era Queen, we've talked about synth lots and we've talked about drum machines. And this is, again, this is where I think they get it right. That synth sound to me, yeah, it sounds it sounds you know mid eighties. It sounds like it's a Yamaha, um, I think a DX seven is what I read. Um, well, DX seven was the most popular of the era for sure. Yes, yeah. So you got this DX seven, but it's it sounds orchestral. It sounds you know it's got that nice sort of warm stringy pad to it. Okay. So we're watching again, obviously, folks, we watch the the official um, Queen YouTube channel and we watch the, the video on there. And so the first part here is is Brian singing in this sort of, you know, surrounded by candles. And then you get the the crossfade into Freddie wearing a, a suit and there's this sort of this, you know, this sort of ethereal light from above. It's a really cool transition visually. And then you get, obviously, we're going to get the vocal now. So. There's no chance for us. Side for us. Want to live 
So I always, you know, when it was, okay, we'll, we'll listen to the the Harlander version later, but I love that that change from Brian's vocal to Freddie's vocals. That that dynamic change, just the just the richness of Freddie's voice coming in. I think it's so much more impactful because you've got Brian. Well, Brian sounds great. Brian sounds good on that opening. It's in his mm-hmm. register and he sings it beautifully. But just that, then that transition to Freddie's vocal, I think, is so effective. It's a really good decision. Yeah, yeah. I can't disagree. And so I'm assuming that that drum there, obviously this is, you know, they've got Roger playing a, a bass drum just with a mallet um, mm-hmm. and John standing on double bass, even though he didn't play on this track. So, but I'm assuming that that's, I think that's probably a, a drum machine. I think that's, that's the drum machine drum, the kick. I don't think it's a real kick. That could be, that could be. Um, I noticed he was standing next to timpanis, but they certainly weren't timpanis. So. <laughs> just, that's just, that's just window dressing for the video, Randy, I think. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll keep we'll keep going, Randy. So yeah. I, I, actually, though, before I before we do, now that we're listening to this, you haven't heard. Uh-uh. Wow, no, wow, no, no, uh Well, I mean, I guess if it's in the movie, I definitely saw the movie. Yeah, that was eighty six. Uh, Kev, do the math. That was a while ago. It's a very I'm long not time exactly ago. exactly sure what I had for lunch today. <laughs> Let alone thirty seven years ago. Yeah. Or I don't know. Would it be, was we said eighty seven? Oh yeah, thirty seven. Holy shit! Yeah, it's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. <laughs> That's when Jesus was a boy. Oh, sorry, say again. That's when Jesus was a boy, I said. So that bit there, when he sings that, you know those songs that just make you like, just feel really emotional. Mm-hmm. It hits me every single time. You know that because you know there are some people in the world who don't get chills from music. It's mm-hmm. this kind of a it's, it's about fifty fifty, I think, in the population that mm-hmm. makes every single hair in my body stand on end when he sings that. But I just it's always hit me exactly in that spot. Are those the same people that don't have an internal dialogue? Maybe, yeah, maybe they must like be, they yeah. must be the same people. Uh, although that did not make, you know, did not make uh, the chills, uh, yeah. run up and down my spine, but, uh, it's the first time hearing it too. So, well, and again, too, so we'll, we'll get into this again. I keep saying we'll get into this later and we will, but I think part of why this song moves me so much as well is because, because I love the movie so much and the sequence in the movie when they use it is a very emotional part of the movie. So I think it's sort of, there's a, there's a blend right. of the things going on there. Right. So of course, of course. We've talked a lot about Brian May on this podcast because, you know, <laughs> he's fucking Brian May. Well, he's in Queen, too. I don't, I'm not sure if you noticed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's actually in the band. Prominent member. Um, but God, he knows how to write the right solo, the right part for a song, okay? When he, and when he gets it right, it's just so yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, do you know? And like, I mean, well, I would assume he, he reads music. 
Oh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm He's 95% sure, just, yeah. Because in the video, they have them sitting in with the pit, with the orchestra. Yeah. And he's like flipping pages. And I was thinking, well, I mean, it's pretty great, but most guitar players can't <laughs> fucking read music. So it'd be just for show. But of course, I'm sure Brian can read. So I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'd say, I would go as far as say 99.5% certain that he, that he definitely can. Yeah, I, um, I, I wouldn't doubt it for a second. I wouldn't doubt it for a second. Yeah. But I also think that that still him turning the page in the video is probably oh, done for a theatrical sure. effects, right? So. Well, that is the joke, right? How do you get a guitar player to stop playing? You throw sheet music in front of them. <laughs> sheet music? We don't need no stinking sheet music. <laughs> Which is, that like a, is that like a G? Or uh, or an E? I play those lots. So I'm going to get back in here. We're, we're getting a bit of a crescendo here. I'm getting some more, some more Freddy. It's a big note that hey. Yeah, when when Freddie hits those really high notes and he's he's just putting that little bit of that crack into his vocal, it, oh man, I yeah, it's my he's my favorite voice ever. <laughs> yeah, there's lots going lots going on there. It's uh, it's it's really ramped up. You can hear the nice volume swells that Bry's yeah. doing, and uh, yeah, yeah, huge big uh, orchestration swell, and yeah, it's turned into a, a straight up rock ballad at this point. And that, you know, when you think about sort of rock ballads, you and I both, I think, probably cringe a little bit sometimes because, you know, we, and we've talked about, you know, like in Every Process It's Thorn and in November Rain and, and that kind of stuff where where, mm. the, where the, the cheese is laid on extra thick. Mm. Um, and it's it's just, where, this one to me, it, it's not that. And this actually, it's, so it's 86, so it's sort of just before the, the hair metal bands really hit. When was Slippery When Wet? When was was that right now? That might have been around this time, hey? Oh yeah, eighty six, man. That was prime fucking long haired prime time, I would say. But I, I, well, what, I'm, what I was getting to saying is that I, oh yeah, I guess eighty six. I have was eighty six, but I, I have think photographic this... evidence to prove <laughs> what I looked like then. And uh, yeah. but you know what I mean, though, right? Because I, I think that this is more I tasteful, do. is what I'm saying. I think this is this isn't it's not schlocky. I think mm-hmm. they managed to, and it's evocative. And of course, with the auction, it makes a big difference. So, right, right. I mean, listen, I haven't even got through it once yet. Yeah, and it's already better than uh, every rose has its thorn. And uh, <laughs> what was the other one you said? Oh, uh, well, um, I can't remember what I said now. Bon, uh, bon Go- the Bon Goofy song. What was it? Oh, Jesus, I've, 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 see that? There you go. That I've just completely forgotten. There you go. Yeah. I don't remember. And let's not talk about every rose has its. I mean, because I could go on. <laughs> I really no, I said November Rain was the other one I said. November Rain, yes. Also, also, really, really awful, awful, awful. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible thing. And you know what? I'll I'll fight anybody that says otherwise. <laughs> Not physically, because I'm quite soft.
So we haven't talked at all about the lyrics yet. Um, there's not a lot of words in this song when you look at them, right? When you read, if you, you pull up the lyrics and look at the lyrics, there's not a ton, but the it, Brian does a hell of a lot with not very much. There's no time for us. There's no place for us. What is this thing that builds our dreams yet slips away from us? So that's the human condition, right? I mean, that's just, everyone can relate to that, you know. Um, there's no chance for us. It's all decided for us. This world is only one sweet moment set aside for us. And I always love that, again, that sentiment that, you know, even if even if life is shit, which it is for a lot of people in the world, there usually is one moment in their lives that they, or in all of our lives that we look back on as, you know, the happiest time of your life or one of the happiest moments, you know. And for me, it was watching Wigan beat St. Helens 27 at Wembley. I don't know about you. Maybe maybe it was maybe it was getting married for you. Maybe it was the birth of your kids. But for me, it was watching uh, Wigan beat the old enemy into the ground. Yeah, for me, it was watching you watch that, really. <laughs> yeah. A real highlight for me. Uh, but I had to get you to move the video camera a few times because you'd come out of frame. And <laughs> that's not creepy at all, is it? <laughs> yeah, simple though, right? I mean, and again... Maybe we can talk about the lyrics a little bit more at the end, but who, who the fuck would want to live forever? I mean, it's, it's where, you know, the atheist position, I think, is far more sound that hell sounds awful, but so does heaven. I mean, mm. an eternity of anything is going to get fucking boring. Oh it's going to be God. interminable, and I don't want anything to do with it. Well, certainly not with the same brain I have now. Yeah. No, it, it would it would be a, pris, a prison, right? Uh, but, you know, and there again, you were just reading the lyrics, and, and uh, the lyrics are not coming up on this this video and often I do uh, bring them up and follow along, but I did not this time. Uh, but I also think because they're writing them specifically for a movie and the plot is so intertwined mm -hmm. with the lyrics, it gives them so much leeway. It gives you so much more freedom yeah. to maybe speak in sort of broader strokes. Like you said, Oh, well, Hey, that's just a human condition. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, basically that's what I'm saying is, is it, it gives you a lot of leeway. And, and, yeah. and so, yeah, the lyrics did not sound I wasn't cringing and going, oh my God, you said yeah. what? Or, or, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just universal truths, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. just yeah just big orchestral obviously like you said it's a soundtrack nice. but it sounds beautiful nice bit, yeah, of like nice nice bit of orchestration yeah yeah well i mean michael came and i mean dear god that guy's what has he not worked on that fellow you know i think it would probably put him up there with um what's, what's his name bloody danny Roger Daltrey. <laughs> well, i was gonna say danny elfman and um uh john williams jesus. john williams there you go those jesus two, christ i would put it i didn't even know jesus <laughs> fucking scored anything but i bet you he'd be fucking good at it hey well, the, he'd have the, all the, the money. He'd have all the best equipment. <laughs> Just have shit ideas, probably. Hey, God, <laughs> stupid. Okay, okay, everybody, this is a new one. It's called November Rain. One, two, three. Four. <laughs> <laughs> um, next thing I know, I'm playing in Guns N' Roses. <laughs>
So I like, I love that bit because then you get that blend, right? So you've got, you know, it opens with the synths, switches over to the orchestra, and at the end, the synths come back in and they're complemented in sexuality. Right? So again, I think it's, that's, that's a really nice touch and it's a nice way to finish the, to finish the track for me. I think, uh, I think we should play it again. We should go play it again. Let Randy listen to this in complete, in its completeness. Um, and then we'll, we'll vote on it and we'll, then we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, I voted first last week, Randy, and then you pulled the rug from under me by voting champion of the party. So it's your turn to vote first this time. And I got to tell you, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. So for you, Randy, what if, is... What if I... Hang on a second. All right. What if I just fucking refuse to go first and then I demand that you go first? Oh, for fuck's sakes. You're, I mean... Who, okay, so who's who's producing this fucking podcast? Why? I know. <laughs> so... Uh, so you have an unruly guest, and he's saying, fuck you, you, you got to go first. So there you go. Fuck you. You go first. The Cardinal okay. has spoken. Okay, I'll go first. Here's my vote. You can prevaricate no longer, sir. For you. Um, who wants to prevaricate? And I'm, I am really surprised that you, you don't, you know, I mean, maybe... I, Maybe it just didn't get played a lot on the radio. You weren't, you weren't paying attention. It's not really a massively randy type of song, I would say. But for you, is this one of the champions? Or is this one going to bite the dust? What say you, Mr. Woods? We are the champions, my <laughs> I was very genuinely, genuinely going to kick off then, because this prick... He did the thumbs up and then changed the thumbs down for just long enough that I thought he was actually dusting this. You son of a bitch. Uh, well, you have more to say, so do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like I said, I mean, we've talked about quite a bit of it through the song, but I think I love that sort of that transition between Brian's opening vocal into Freddie's. I love the way that the synth and the orchestration is balanced. I love Freddie's vocal. I mean, Freddie's vocal on this is just absolutely out of this world. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite Freddie vocals, one of my favorite vocals probably of all time in, in terms of in a, in a rock context. I think it's absolutely superb. Um, it's it's quite long. I think the outro is, you know, but it, like you said, I mean, it's written for a movie and the outro is long because there's a scene in the movie where they need to sort of fill a bit of time. Um, but it doesn't drag to me. It never it never has done. Like I've never found it's like, oh, man, it's kind of a bit, because I love that Michael Kamen orchestration part so much i think it moves beautifully like i said to you i love that really sort of that descending 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 chord progression at the end that they use before they just hold it and then brian's guitar comes back in to to go like in the outro proper i just think it's it's one of their signature songs for me and, and certainly in the late era one of their one of their top tier late era um compositions how about you yeah well uh just like speaking to the outro there it sounds it sounds to me and i have absolutely no factual basis on this is that they're scoring that to the tape you know what i mean so so that the outro is a little long and, and not much is happening in in that sense it doesn't bother me right mm-hmm. if it was just uh if they're passing it off just as, as a pop song and they and they left that you know minute and a half tail on just yeah you know, with some synths i might say fucking cool or i might say it's, it's stupid it just depend on the song but i would say first of all uh they had been brought up and made mention uh many weeks ago uh, weeks ago about Freddie getting asked uh, to do Broadway. And I mean, you hear him sing this. I mean, yeah. this 
this is this is like a Broadway musical style of song. Uh, I mean, it's it's almost like Queen does Disney, right? It's yeah. almost like you know what I mean. You could see this being used in a in in a, in a Disney type of production. So yeah, the uh, the you know the the vocals are standing, and and you know just the melody, the whole thing, the whole thing's really great. Is it is it a touch schmaltzy and stuff? Well, of course, but I mean, you know, it's it, it's a ballad, and most ballads are, and uh, and I and I do like and I do like the I do like the lyrics and that they they're not super specific. They're just kind of dancing around these you know these you know real common sort of notions of whatever the fuck it is I'm trying to fucking say, but uh, yeah. So so yeah, it's it's it, it's it's a champ. You know, there again, like maybe like the party last week. You know, am I going to put us? Am I going to put this on on Randy's Eternal playlist? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. And, and and further to what you were saying, this did not get airplay here. Yeah. And and I would say that in '86, I would say that 1986, Randy was pretty acutely aware of what was being played on the radio, and this yeah. certainly was not being played on the radio in any capacity ever, not even once. Well, and so, the album the album didn't do well in in, in the US particularly. Um, I know that the uh, in the UK it did in the UK. Yeah, I mean, in, okay, well, let's just have a quick look at the charts. In the UK, it went to number one, kind of magic. Um, the US, it went to 46, but the single because this was released as a single, um, it 24 in the UK and didn't chart in the US at all. So, you know, it, when a single doesn't chart, probably it's never going to get played, right? So, yeah, or the other uh, way around, it doesn't chart because it doesn't get played, whatever, whichever way around, right? Right. So yeah, just looking at the track listing from A Kind of Magic, I think A Kind of Magic was the only thing that got played here. Oh, oh really? one, one Vision. Yeah. One Vision. Yeah, I had forgot that, sorry. Which again, I mean, that, that's where this, this the, the idea that A Kind of Magic is a soundtrack album, well, One Vision's from yeah. Iron Eagle, right? That's yeah. from a different movie altogether, so it's... Oh, oh is it? okay, see, I didn't yeah. even know that, so yeah. I think it was Iron Eagle, I think that's the name of the, the movie. So it's a real mishmash of an album, and it, and it suffers a little bit because there's no cohesion to it. Um, this though, well, is, it's so, yeah, yeah, it sounds like they were being. I mean, if that was written for a different uh, different movie, and these were written for this movie, and then they had a couple of, you know, singles. I mean, of course, it's going to sound like a dog's breakfast, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, to me, I don't think this production suffers. Uh, but yeah, and and there again, I guess we we're talking a little bit about the synths and whether it's a Yamaha DX7 or not. Uh, they're they're pretty lush and they sound pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and you know of of the of the time, but but they sound really good. But but I wanted to just add further to to that. Uh, Yamaha. Uh, like if you need a piano or a a fucking dirt bike, <laughs> a set of drums, a synth, an elect some electronic drums. Yeah. Yamaha. Okay. They, they do so, it all. Yamaha. Send me stuff. <laughs> I'll endorse you. <laughs> that's how it works, Seriously. right? When you, when you say stuff on podcasts, people send you stuff. Yeah, that's how that works. They just, they just send you stuff. So, uh, but I have used Yamaha drums, I should say, though, uh, in my studio for at least fifteen-ish years. Uh, electronic and uh, acoustic, uh, they make excellent drums, and they make fucking world-class pianos too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my youngest daughter bought herself a little clavinova. That she's been, yes. uh, I think I posted a little bit on our socials, just playing a little bit of it. Great little instrument. I mean, she got that for 200 bucks. She got that for Randy, which is a, a mm-hmm. crime. But I just wanted to, I wanted to play this scene for you, Randy. So 
we'll sit in place and we won't I won't include this whole thing in the in the podcast because you know there is one bit that I want to include because it just again it's it's that that heartstrings Kev's gonna go like if Kev's been drinking a lot, Kev might cry at that part of the movie fairly frequently. But um I'll just play this through so you've got a bit of context for where this comes in. So the idea is like I said, is so he's, he's Heather um so Connor's been driven away from his village because they think he's, you know, he's, he's he's possessed or he's evil or whatever because he dies in battle, but then he comes back to life and blah, 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 because he hasn't had his head taken off. So that's the scene. And then he meets this Heather, and we don't know how they meet, but they they kind of show this really pastoral, beautiful, idyllic life that they build together. And then, obviously, she keeps aging, but he stays the age that he is. So this is the scene where the, where the, the song is used. Copy that. You must leave her, brother. So that you get the Freddy vocal instead of the Brian. There's no place for us. My beautiful man. My husband. I am that, my love. I've never really known. What? Why you stayed. Because I love you as much now as the first day we met. And I love you. I don't want to die. I want to stay with you. Forever. I want that too. Will you do something for me, Connor? What, Blossom? In the years to come, will you light a candle and remember me on my birthday? I love. I will. Good night, my buddy Heather. So that's the context for it. Yeah. So you can see how, like, honestly. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting all the clamps. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been way too long since I've seen that movie. I got to be honest with you. It's been, it's really just been absolute eons. So we should, we'll have to do that sometime. I think, well, the, the guys from in the pods did a, a watch along where basically, you know, you put the movie on and then you play the podcast and it's them talking over like commenting on the movie, which I haven't, I haven't sit and listened to it yet. Cause I, but I know it's going to be amazing and I wouldn't suggest that we do the same thing, but I think as a special episode, maybe we should watch the movie and we could talk about some of the music and how it fits into the movie, you know, a little bit. Very cool. Yeah. It's a super movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And just despite Paul Lambert's, you know, ropey Scottish accent. Um, <laughs> and I had men, Heather, I, I had the biggest crush on her as a young man. Cause she's a beautiful woman. Um, who, who just is she in of, real life? Uh, BT Edney is her name. She wasn't really a huge, you know, she didn't really, I don't think she, that was probably the biggest role she had in, in, in terms of sort of, you know, a, a, a big release movie. Um, do you, but even uh, I mean, Island did it really didn't do anything. It, it didn't, I think it lost money. It only became a cult classic as a lot of movies do years later, right? Have you seen, did you ever see the, the movie Heathers? Oh, I think maybe. I was just wondering if there was some weird reference to this i don't know why i thought that but hmm. and it's probably not true but just something 
89 stars Winona Ryder, Christian Slater, or sort of new Brad only, kind of movie. Okay. Well, it's only a few years later, though. That's why I was mm. wondering, like, is there some... Yeah. I have no idea. Probably not. Heather was Probably a very not. popular name. <laughs> so, yeah, so there we go. Um, oh, geez, that was weird. <clears throat> so, yeah, so there we go. Um, I've always loved this. Like I said, I've always loved the movie. I've always loved that scene in the movie. It always makes me quite emotional. And I love this song because of it. And there's, you know, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, which we should talk about at some point and is much maligned amongst, I would probably say, most of the Queen fandom um, for historical inaccuracies and all, all manner of problems there are with that movie. Um, but there's a there's a scene in that movie too where this song is used and it's sort of, you know, when Freddie gets his diagnosis and blah, 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 blah. So it's really, you know, you can, you can use it in any of those places where someone's near death or whatever. It's a bit, you know, that's a little bit cynical, but I think in this movie, it's just perfect. I have uh, not watched the Queen movie just because uh, I just feel like they should live on in my mind. And it's just... Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean... That was, you know, uh, we, we yeah. were kind of there kind of there for some yeah. of it you know what i mean so yeah. yeah it's a little different you know like if, if the artist is like 20 years before you're like paying attention to music well then it's pretty easy to watch a for me like a patsy klein documentary or yeah a, or uh you know what i mean like well, this, well, yeah, or johnny cash yeah. like I, they yeah. was that wasn't really happening when i was paying attention to music but you know these guys although like you mentioned i'm just a a, a greatest hits fan i'm i'm well aware of of, of queen and yeah and yeah, I just, just kind of didn't want the, didn't want it sullied. Maybe, maybe I'm full of shit. Maybe I should watch it. Okay. Here's what I'll say. I mean, like, we, we, like I said, we'll talk, but we should do an episode on that, on the movie sometime. It's, it's a, like, a, it's a, compl- I mean, if, you, if you're going into it expecting to learn anything about Queen, you were going to learn very little accurate. Like the timeline is all over the place. It's just factually inaccurate in a lot of places, but it's not, it's a Hollywood movie. It's not. It's not a documentary. It's not an attempt to sort of tell the real story. It's a dramatization of certain aspects oh. of Queen's career and Freddie's life. And, you know, the culmination, the, 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 when they do the, the Live Aid thing, it's fucking cool, man. From a technological standpoint, what they pulled off with that sort of final scene. Yeah, Roger Dodger. It's yeah. incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And, it, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a big set piece and it's the main part of the movie. But, yeah, I mean, it, is it a great movie? Not really? Or are there some great performances in it? I think so. Um, but yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and who are you except for a, you know, host of a queen podcast? You're just one man, Kev. Just a, just, just a fan. You're just one fucking man. Just a fan, Randy. I'm just a fan. I'm not a queen expert. You know, there's lots of queen experts out there. We know a lot of them. I'm not a queen expert. So a little bit of an expert. Oh God, no, not at all. I mean, I know the music. I'm not, you know, because there's lots of people. So Paul Bradbury, actually, our our friend journal Paul B um, mm-hmm. from Twitter, there, um, yeah. just went to the the conference, and I guess there's there's a quiz they do. There's like a little game they play where you I have saw to that. name, yeah, you have to name on the twits, yeah, Queen songs starting from A, B, C. And I was thinking about, it, I was like, and I was like, well, another one bites the dust, breakthrough, um, and then I went, see, uh, yeah, oh, uh, uh, oh and, and it was like, Jesus, yeah, no, I'm. So even mm-hmm. that kind of stuff doesn't flow as naturally through. I mean, I don't know a lot of the key dates, and I don't know all those things. That, you know, people, there's people on our on our Twitter feed, Randy, who know. Oh yeah, no, that was the B side to this single, and this edition of this was, you know, and it was released. To, you know, people have got that knowledge. Where I have that with Petty now through doing the Tom Petty mm-hmm. project. I don't have that with Queen, so I'm not an expert, Randy. Don't try and set me up as an expert just to knock me down. I know what you're doing. Well, I'm not stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Brown is a Queen expert. 
you, and if you take if you if you take this out of the podcast, I will know. I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen. Oh yeah, of course you are. <laughs> I am, and and I'm going to make sure this is in the podcast. As a matter of fact, I would like someone to refer to this uh, in Twitter that Kev is in fact a queen expert. Yeah. Well, uh, a, well, by, a by the way, but I, I have to say I have to say this though. I am so not an expert. It's 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 all it's a little it's a little humiliating, uh, honestly. <laughs> but I don't follow, and I'm not sure if I've said this before but I don't follow any band that much. Yeah. I yeah. don't follow any band ever in the history of me following bands where I know this is on the B side of that. And this yeah. is on the, this side of that. And this was released in this year. And yeah. I might know a few here and there, but, but, but not much. I, I, I was always way more selfish and trying to create my own. Yeah, shitty fucking shitty fucking music. <laughs> Anyhow, okay, so that's I mean you know that's what we think of the song. Um, I'm very glad that you championed it because I, I I would have been heartbroken had you not. But it's time to guess what our Twitter, excuse me, our Twitter followers will uh, think of this song. So I voted first, but I shouldn't have done because it was your fucking turn. Yeah, but I rebelled. So, do you want me to had, vote? For, do you want me to guess again? Guess first, or do you want to guess first? It what doesn't do you, matter. You, I can, you I guess can first, go either way. Okay, all right. Well, I think that most of the Queen nerds, and I say that with just the most amount of love, because you're all wonderful, wonderful people. I think that the Queen, the Queendom, is going to say because they're not all going to like it. Kev. Mm. they're not all going to like it. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to, trying to weigh your love and nostalgia against you know those people who say it's yeah. fucking shit uh 78 in favor 78 to 22 yeah okay what about you kev what about you i'm gonna go for a nice round number this week i'm gonna go 90 10 Fuck you! You see, I was trying to be extreme, and you fucking fucking. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think there will be, there definitely will be some people who who don't like it. There'll be people who just don't like sort of, you know. Well, everything, of course, you know, yeah, it's anything, just human but, nature, yeah. And there's, there also, I'm, I'm pretty sure there will be people voting on our polls who are not Queen fans at all, and who downvote pretty much everything, right? So there are those people out there. There are agents of chaos out on the internet who are complete dicks. And they go around yeah. ruining people's perfectly valid polls. So um, I'm going to go 90 10 just to account for some people who genuinely don't like it for whatever weird reason. And then the trolls. So, yeah. There you go. Cool. All right. Well, I'm glad we spun this up tonight. That's kind of cool that we've, well, like I said, we wanted to, I wanted to get back to something good. And for me, this is top table queen. Um, we've so we've charted another one of Kind of Magic, second song. Um, we're two for two, champion and champion. That will not continue. All the way through that album, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure. But you know what? We got a we got a good song tonight. We got a beautiful ballad. Um, one of Brian's great lyrics, a wonderful piece of arranging by Carmichael Kamen. Um, so let's 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 end the podcast here, Randy. With a you know, I, I you know that I like to send you my little um, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast emergency questions. So here's your question for tonight, and I want you to consider this. Yes, this is a serious question, and I need a serious answer. Okay. Okay, I'm all ears, and you know okay. what? I'm analytical. I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling like, you know, I can, I can roll with whatever punches. Cause I know, I know it's not going to be like, would you rather have a million dollars or get 
punched in the fucking face. <laughs> I know it's not going to be that. So let's no. hear it. Okay. If you had to be anally violated by a popular chocolate bar, if you had to be, which chocolate bar would you choose to be inserted into your anus? Oh, my fucking word. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So there's no there's no upside to this at all. It's just it's just a chocolate bar up the butt. It depends whether you like having things in your bum, I suppose. We've never I've never asked you. I don't think I've ever asked you. Well, I mean, you know, whether I do or whether I don't, it certainly wouldn't be a fucking chocolate bar for fuck's sakes. Um you know. I don't know. Like does it like does it even matter? Do you know what I mean? I think like, it does. What, or, what do you go? What, so okay, so well, there's a big difference between a Twix and a there's a big difference between a Twix and a coffee crisp, for instance. In terms well, there of, you go. I suppose. Okay, well, okay. So now you got me thinking about the size of them, <laughs> which I hadn't even considered before. Because, like, let's 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 you know, it's gonna. You melt. don't want man. Here's what you don't want. You it's gonna melt right away. You definitely you know, don't want I'm, a fucking Toblerone. <laughs> no, no, because uh, what's what's the human body temperature there, Mister? Uh, 36, 38, 39, something like that degrees. 39, 36, we'll see anyway. I don't know. I don't 42, there. 32, 42, 42 16, know. whatever it is. It's going to fucking melt. Stat. Damn it, Jim. I'm a podcast host, not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe you had it right there, right away. You had it. Actually, you gave away the answer. Oh, Twix. Twix. One, well, one or two, one or two fingers. One for fuck's <laughs> sakes. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell! Listen, <laughs> it's a good thing my mother does not listen to this because this is this is. We've really just like I've I've said it before. We're like we're devolving. It's I kind of thought like we were doing good, and then and then this kind of became part of it. You know, well, you know, I, I wanted to I wanted to pick an emergency question that <laughs> would sort of suit the song, um, that that we were going to cover, and we have this delightful ballad that I thought, well, this this is the chocolate bar question. It's got to be. It's the only one I can ask. You know, an intimate, you know, tender question. So, so to for an, you, for an intimate wants, tender area. <laughs> so for you, who wants to live forever equates chocolate bar up the ass. So I didn't say I can that. See, listen, I can see you now what you and your army boys were doing when you were watching <laughs> this in the fucking <laughs> barracks time after time. Oh, and you said, you said casually, oh, all the guys could cut them. They could put up with it and stuff. Well. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was fucking O. Henry fucking Arama. We did not have O. Henry's in England. That is a North American thing. We had topics, okay. which I don't think we have. Oh, we have topics over here. Topics were great. I think they've gone now. Topics. Which I like chocolate, Randy. I quite like chocolate bars. Not at my bum. I will point that out quickly. See, I'd go for a Cadbury's finger. Very slender, quite smooth. Although it might break, and then you've got a bit of Cadbury's finger up there, so maybe we've got to make it. We've got to take into account structural integrity into this into this as well. Maybe. Well, yeah, but do we though? Oh, it's That's a minefield. A, it's a minefield. Is is, is is do we? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. And and this is this is one of the worst questions you've had. Actually, <laughs> oh, there's, there's definitely worse to come. Trust me. Well, no, but there's not even there's not even like there's not even like a there's not even like a debate. You know what I mean? It's just like it's all it's all just it's ridiculous. all bad. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the other ones, at least it's like, oh, okay, you know, you know, whatever, you know, a million dollars, but I got a fucking broken leg or, you know, I don't, you know what I mean? Like there's usually some, some kind of, some kind of trade-off. So, so yeah, this is a shit question. Quite literally. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get, um, I, th I think emergency rooms up and down countries all over the world have removed 
extraordinary items from the uh, anal cavity of, of human beings, obviously. And I just and I just Googled um, strange things. So like, here's eleven of the most bizarre foreign objects found at people's backsides: um, a glass bottle, a whole glass bottle, a live eel. I don't want to know. Um, oh my god! An, <laughs> an instant coffee jar lit. An instant coffee jar with pins in the lid. Um, a vanity light bulb, a Buzz Lightyear toy. I mean, talk about to infinity and beyond. Jesus Christ! Uh, concrete mix. I, again, I, why aubergine? Oh. Aubergine. That's you know, deodorant yeah. spray, and I can see the can and a mobile phone. Oh. You know, but I mean, you know, if you're having that argument with, oh, you got an Android, oh, you got an iPhone, I shove it up your ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, as you know, Kev, and our listeners don't, is that my wife worked in the operating room for many years, and uh, several things were removed from several folks' bottoms, <laughs> often to the refrain of, don't tell my wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, I just sat on it, and it went up there. Yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah sure. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when, when Alex Horn sits on that cake in Taskmaster. And uh, she asks him, well, how does it feel? He says, it's very, it's very in me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh, good Lord. Oh, God. See, Kev, we're not elevating things. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's end on a low. We'll leave it there then. Well, that was fun. If I were to title this episode, I'd probably call it Verge of Tears. Or possibly, Kevin really needs to get a grip, but not of a coffee crisp. Look, we know that degenerated towards the end, but I blame Randy and Richard Herring. Between the two of them, they've really dragged this episode out of the beautiful Scottish islands and into the muddiest of muds. All joking aside, what a song to spin and what a movie to talk about. Uh, don't forget to check out the Deep Dive Podcast Network and all the marvellous shows therein. And hey, if you're not sick of my voice, check out the Tom Petty Project and the Ultimate Catalogue Flash. I'll be back with Randy next week to discuss another song in this electrifying catalogue. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Park Review. Seaside Park Review. Give us a kiss, Kevin. Seaside Park Review. Chocobarp, yes.